Hello, this is Lisa Pierce, Executive Editor of Packaging Digest, with another episode of Packaging Possibilities, a podcast that reveals what's new and what's next for packaging executives and engineers, designers and developers. The last couple of years during the pandemic have been a bit of a scramble for some of you as labor shortages and delivery delays have knocked manufacturing off track a bit. Packaging lines have struggled to produce at the same high throughput as pre-COVID-19 runs. Improving packaging line automation can help, of course, but deliveries with a troubled supply chain haven't been reliable, and that may be sugarcoating the situation too much. Packaging Digest Senior Technical Editor Rick Lingle took the opportunity while attending the Southpac show in Charlotte, North Carolina last month to look for answers from a handful of exhibitors. He starts with Sean Smith, who is Director of Sales for JR Automation. Yeah, this is Rick Lingle here at IME South, and I'm with Sean Smith, Sales Director of JR Automation. So, Sean, what packaging automation questions are customers asking you about these days? Uh, yeah, Rick, um, we're into you know, multiple different markets across, uh, across all industries from medical device to automotive to consumer products to semiconductor, e-commerce. So we definitely have a lot of questions coming in from uh, the packaging side. Um, you know, they're, they're really looking at ways to minimize, uh, you know, their packaging size, to maximize how much throughput they're getting out on the back end of their production lines. We've got a lot of different new devices that are coming out, specifically like in medical device uh, uh, vertical. And so that's creating a lot of new opportunities for automation uh, in these areas. Jason Hudek, Regional Sales Manager for Pac Machinery, points out another major pain point that's driving a need for automation, as customers are also asking for help with. Packaging uh, products without uh, labor. Uh, Labor is very difficult to get a hold of these days. Uh, And it's also difficult to uh, not only acquire, but also uh, retain uh, labor. So uh, the questions I'm getting are, in relation to automatically bagging and shrink wrapping uh, articles that may have been done manually in the past, uh, manually bagging with Ziploc bags or impulse bar sealed bags, uh, could also be uh, manually shrink wrapped items uh, or uh, other manually bagged items that we can address with either our baggers, uh, shrink wrappers, flow wrappers, or bag sealers. Have you seen any other impact from the tight labor market that you want to comment on? Yes, there has been a a very, from my perspective, huge increase in the number of people uh, or companies that uh, need the labor situation addressed. It's hard for me to comment on the the exact increase because I've been in this position for a year, but since I've I've been in the position, it has increased uh, significantly over other positions that I've held at other companies. While this next example from Groninger's marketing and trade show coordinator, Yoken Franke, is specific to pharmaceuticals, the need he talks about 
crosses all markets. Yeah, the customers are asking for more flexibility in the lines. So, you know, uh, that you can do multiple uh, containers, like you want to have vials and syringes and cartridges in one machine instead of having three complete lines to save, like, the footprint of the machine and um, can go between batches quicker so that I can go between a syringe and a vial um, really quick, so quick turnover time between different products. These are our solutions. We, de we develop ma uh, machines there which can handle all of this at the same time. So we're still doing the only one product line, like the, just a vial line, which is going high speed. But um, the trend is going more slow speed, but flexibility. And we have those machines that can handle vial syringes and um, cartridges in bulk and in nest, some of the machines. So like one can do all kind of. Many packaging operations turn to robotics to give them this needed flexibility since robots can easily be programmed and reprogrammed. So Rick talked with a company that provides robotics as a service. My name is Ahmad Duzali and I am the business development manager at Formic Technologies. So what kind of packaging automation questions are your customers asking you these days? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I would say, you know, when a customer is, needs robots and we're kind of having those conversations, uh, kind of their concerns are about, you know, what is it going to look like when uh, Formic is servicing and maintaining our robots? Uh, what is that going to look like one or two years from now? What does the end of a, a term cycle look like from Formic? Does that mean that we release? Does that mean you guys can pick up the equipment? Um, and these are more or less the, the basic questions that we answer for our customers. Some automation improvement projects are slow going though these days because of forces outside the control of packaging suppliers. Rick delves into this issue too, starting with Ahmad from Formic. What are you doing differently in servicing customers because of the challenges in the supply chain and the availability of parts and components these days? It's a, it's a problem that I, I'm pretty sure everyone in the industry is kind of uh, coming across. Uh, for us, it's about being transparent with customers and, and just being honest with them up front. You know, if there is a system that they're looking to deploy, but lead time on a robot might be, you know, several months from now, we just very straightforwardly let them know and let them know at the same time, you know, these, these projects and scopes of them, they take a long time to deploy, so it's better to be proactive opposed to reactive. Sean Smith from JR Automation, who we heard from at the beginning of this podcast, also had quite a bit to say about being proactive. You know, some of the supply chain issues we have today where, you know, you know, trucks aren't as available as they were, it takes longer to get goods to place. So if you can get parts, products, and smaller packages, get them out the door faster, you can get more of them volume-wise into trucks, and therefore you can get more volume to, you know, the end customer. So there's been some serious pinch points and shortages. Um, what is your company doing differently or reacting to that to try to speed things up in the supply chain? Yeah, it's been kind of a very dynamic, uh, ever-evolving uh, last 12 to 18 months, especially with supply chain. Um, what we're doing right now is uh, several different things. So our, uh, our procurement team, our leads of supply chain, they're working very closely with a lot of our key uh, suppliers. And we're looking at actually stocking components, components that we actually use a lot of year in and year out, and using our own surplus to kind of help feather out the ebbs and flows of the needs we have from our customers. But we're also encouraging our customers to buy early. So even if we're working on, on quoting them some automation, a package, a concept, we're saying, look, you're going to have these key components in it. These are going to take you you know, from our history, our recent history, they're going to take you 24 months. They're going to take you 36 months. 
get all those long leads on order now, and then as as those are uh, coming in, we can continue to work through the concept and the design of your equipment. So by the time we get through the design phase, hopefully we've tried to mitigate most of what the supply chain issues are going to be. Chris Mullins agrees. He's an account manager with Cincinnati Test Systems, which is a sister company of ATC Automation. So early in the project, we are identifying the long lead items, critical components, and uh, we're working with our customers to get permission to order those items earlier than we normally would so that uh, we can offset uh, lead time challenges. Building parts stock or looking for local supply are pretty good ideas for any packaging supplier, but especially for international manufacturers like Groninger, as Jochen Franke explains. So we are a German-based company, and um, a lot of our parts in the past came out of Germany directly from the headquarters. But our Charlotte, North Carolina facility, we, um, we invested more and more before COVID and especially during COVID, so we can make more of those parts, manufacturing parts in-house, we sourcing locally as much as we can. So ideally we want to be totally independent and get everything out of the United States, either make it in-house or get it locally, so we don't have to deal with like shipping delays and um, shipping in general, which is like a big issue right now to get a boat with your stuff over or airplane because the supply is limited for the transportation. These clever workarounds are sure to help you beat today's packaging automation bottlenecks, especially since the need for automation solutions is still great and the supply chain challenges are likely to continue into 2023. Lisa Pierce signing off on behalf of myself and senior technical editor Rick Lingle. Thanks for listening to this episode of Packaging Possibilities. 